0: Hello and welcome to Emotional Savvy, the relationship help show. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler and today we have a story that will really capture your interest. Somebody started with a lot of difficulty in their life and rose to be extremely successful. We all like those stories, but in this case, my guest is Connie Fife, and she had responsibilities well beyond what she should have had as a young girl. And let's learn what she did, how she moved forward, and learn her three top things that made her unstoppable, no matter how many people had unrealistic expectations of her that would keep her down. We can all move forward, but sometimes we need a shot in the arm, and that's what today is. So enjoy this episode, stay tuned, and hear my guest, Connie Fife. Welcome to Emotional Savvy, the Relationship Help Show. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. If you're ready to increase your confidence in conversations and conflict, deepen your self-awareness, expand your connectedness, and enrich your relationship with yourself and other humans you care about, and even those you wish you didn't, you're in the right place. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm glad that you have returned if you're a returning listener. And if you are new, welcome, welcome, welcome. Here on Emotional Savvy, we do our very best to bring you insights that will help and inspire and motivate and strategies that can help you move to where you most want to be. And today, no exception, my guest is Connie Fife. Hello, Connie. Hi, how
1: are you,
0: Roberta? I am so well. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Well, we're going to have an exciting interview because, as you see, Connie's sitting there as successful as she is in so many ways. And yet, just like every one of us, she has a story. Mm. Uh, Some stories are fairly straightforward. Others are very convoluted. Some are easier than others. Some are full of struggle. So we're going to have a really in-depth conversation with Connie about how she went from cleaning houses to filling houses. (laughs) Let me tell you a little bit about Connie. She's a philanthropist, a social venture entrepreneur, and beyond Me Too activist. Yay! And she is the jewel in the crown of the Fife Group Incorporated. With her distinctive voice, audiences everywhere know her She's blessed from her work as a corporate CEO and award winning speaker, podcaster, mentor, coach, and author. She's provocative, edgy, and brings a genuine sense of humor to the platform. She is best known when you're ready for this as the Unstoppable Diva. <laughs> well, we gotta love that. And so we're going to talk to her about her life, how she became this unstoppable diva, and what happened that caused her some challenges along the way and how she overcame them. So Connie, tell us a little bit about how you went from cleaning houses to filling houses.
1: (laughs) Um, Literally, I was cleaning houses um, at at a a young age uh, to take care of the family, pay the bills. And I just always had this internal drive that I was going to do something better. I wanted to do something more than just clean houses and, and take care of other people. Now, fast forward many, many years later, I, I put myself through school, through college. Um, I took a, a path. It was really risky to physically get up and move from my small town in Pennsylvania to say to the family, I'm moving, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. Well, you can only imagine the comments I got. <laughs> and and it, it wasn't warm, loving, good luck comments either. <laughs> <It> was,
0: <laughs> I really do understand that because I did the same thing. Oh, did you? And okay. the, quest, the question they would ask me is, why are you never satisfied? Why do you have to go? Right? And it was like, I was traveling and doing things and learning things and interested in everything. Right. And they were saying, what's wrong with you?
1: I, I, well, I was labeled the rebel. I, <laughs> I was the rebel in the family because I was never satisfied. I always wanted to go. And even, even with education, I was the first in my family of my generation any, and anybody before me to actually finish high school and go to college. Wow, that was and it came from a coal mining town i mean and and you know they did what they did what they knew, and again, for you know if you were going to leave the family, that was desertion you know why why would you why would you do that
0: and of course, there's also another kind of leaving the family if you mm-hmm. experienced what I did, which is leaving the family in the sense of I want something more than this. And yes. therefore, that makes them feel like, well, aren't we good enough, right? Yes. There's a whole dichotomy that starts to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm not only leaving the family by moving to another city, I'm leaving the family by leaving the family culture.
1: Exactly, exactly. And for me, I just never I – I always felt that I was that square peg trying to fit into that round hole. I just didn't fit, and I didn't know why. Now, I don't know about you as – it took me a while to leave and, and I would be pulled back. The guilt would pull me back. Mm. It would pull me. It was like a ricochet. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to try it again. And it would pull me right back because of that guilt that they just held over me. And I mm. carried that guilt for years and then what finally set me free so then I went after my education my career I thought okay my personal life totally sucks I'm going to try to do it in my professional life because I couldn't even keep a relationship Uh, relationships were just foreign to me and I just didn't want anyone to get to get close to me and that was part of my struggle but with that it allowed me to fully focus on my career and that was the path the journey that that I took. So through all of that, and you know, I went to school for a couple of years. I would stop, work, went back to school for a couple of years, stopped and worked. It was always, you know, trying to find that balance and by this time I had two little babies as well. I got married um, and divorced and my daughter was three years old and my son was three months old. And again, I was like, and that's when I was back with the family and in my mind and through the guilt, thinking, all right, I have to fit into this family dynamics. I have to get married. I have to have babies. And I was really being pushed even to work in the sewing factory where all the family was. And I was like, hell no. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh no. We're not doing that. Um,
1: So I married. Um... He later became a fireman um, in the city. So, you know, like, you know, we had the ideal, perfect family. But I was just, my insides were on fire. I just couldn't do it. So I left again. And with my little babies. And I had nothing. I had no job. I had nowhere to live. And I just packed up a bag for each of us while he was at work. So, um, I I didn't do it very nicely, I guess, Um, but I just, I can't do this anymore, and I walked out.
0: And, you know, that's a very common story Mm -hmm. for those people who particularly were with people who were kind of difficult. Were Mm -hmm. you with a difficult person? He was, he was very
1: emotionally draining. To where, I mean, there, there was no physical abuse, but just emotionally, I mean, I had to watch what I ate. I had to have, have a certain weight. I wasn't allowed to touch the bank account. I, he controlled everything.
0: Oh, you had a hijackal. I had a hijackal, <laughs> and
1: I felt that I went from a family to a husband who was, again, in the same behavior. So when I left, I started doing research. And now this was in my twenties and I did that whole couple of years of sex drugs and rock and roll. I mean, I enjoyed myself for a couple of years, but then I said, this is not it, this isn't me. This is still not what I want. I was always searching. So I started doing research on the human behavior and trying, did, doing it to understand myself of why I was behaving the way I was behaving. And there were different theories that would come out of it, but then through that whole process, I joined a group called BE, Beginning Experience, which was for divorced, widowed, and separated men and women. Mm. And through that process, I became a facilitator myself. And it was, again, I was caring for other people. But I found that that's my nurture. Mm. Through my nature, it was my nurturing that really helped me grow. And then I said, okay, okay you know, that my babies were still little, so we went off to college. We went to the University of Scranton with my babies in tow, and I went to class. And it, it was, wasn't the ideal situation, but they grew up learning and understanding that education was very valuable. It was really very important to me. And they grew up with that. They grew up with independence, sometimes a little too much now because they're adults now. But I, I did it. And then I didn't get I, my first job. I worked at night as a truck billing dispatcher at a, at a trucking company from eight o'clock at night to four o'clock in the morning. And that's mm-hmm. what I did. My brother and his new wife moved in with us. So they were there with the kids at night and I would get out at 4 o'clock in the morning. Now, we're in the Northeast, and I, I bought a car for $500, and it had no heat. <laughs> so I would come out in the winter, 4 o'clock in the morning, and the truck drivers, as they would come in, they would park around my car to warm my car up so I could make to drive home, which was only about a couple, you know, a couple of miles, not that far, but they would warm my car if me by parking their trucks around the <laughs> car. <laughs> but I, but I, I, never even thought about that for such a lot for years that they did that. Um, but it just made it just made me stronger.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think that ad- <clears throat> adversity can make you stronger or it can wipe you out. Okay. And different people respond in different ways in the yes. same way that different people respond to difficult childhoods mm. in different ways. Some people become stronger and nobody can hurt me and nobody can touch me and I right. can go on. Other people become you know completely passive and yes. and worn down and worn out, and then they attract other people who wear them down and wear them out right <laughs> and 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 that's not to say that strong people cannot attract people who want to wear them down because look I at did your, it, your <laughs> but you know what do you think it was that gave you the spark to say at such a young age? I need something different than this, no matter what culture I've been brought up with family culture, family values, the way things are is not the way I need them to be for me.
1: Well, part, part of, and, and I only found this out about six years ago, um, part of, like I said, I, I, I knew I didn't fit into that family dynamics. And I grew up with
0: my grandmother.
1: Who I later found out was not really my grandmother, mm. and about six years ago, I had found I found out that um, my real family—that I was actually adopted into this family.
0: Oh, oh! When did you find that out? Uh, about six years ago. Oh, oh my! Uh,
1: I was 48 years old when I found out, mm. and all these years I carried that guilt that it was me who didn't get along with my family and i was the rebel and you know put me in the same room with my father and we're lucky smoke and fire just went off Uh and so i carried that guilt for a lot of years like why did i came this way why was you know the the finger being pointed at me but when i found out that truth now again I had my career, I, I, you know, at that point I was CEO of Girl Scouts in Pennsylvania. Um, so that was great. Um, I didn't meet my, my current husband um, at that time. And when, but when I found out the truth, it was this huge weight. I believe that. Just, <laughs> just lifted off my shoulders. And I found out after he had passed, so i have found peace with him so without him (laughs) or without him um but and again uh i I went back to the family i was back for a couple of years and then with my new husband he's like you know what he goes uh we have an opportunity to move to los angeles do you want to go and i said i'm packing now (laughs) i and also like there was like no, no, no question. I remember even having a conversation with my daughter about coming, and she was already married enough during you know her life and my son. And my my daughter said to me, she was, "Mom, you've been trying to leave Pennsylvania your entire life. What are you waiting for? Sure. Just go." And mm-hmm. I again, knowing the truth, I just started cleansing myself, cleansing from all of that negativity that just took place in my life and it just freed me. But i am always, going back to your question, what gave me that drive? And I get that question a lot. I think my drive was growing up, I didn't have a childhood where I was, you know, playing with the Barbie dolls or, you know, play, you know, just enjoying my childhood. That wasn't my childhood. Mm. My childhood was taking care of my cousins every day making sure they had breakfast, making sure they had lunch, getting them to school, getting them home from school, getting them dinner, having their homework done before their parents came and picked them up, you know, when their parents got done working. There were 13 of them. Three of them were, were my sisters and brothers, which I knew that, but I was always confused. Well, why do they leave at the end of the day and I don't? So that was always, so that was my role. Um, and in my off hours, my free hours, it was, you know, clean the house, take care of the neighbors. I rode around the bicycle, around the neighborhood on my bicycle with a little basket looking for odd jobs with the neighbors so I could help pay the bills. I could re- remember doing that as young as six years old.
0: Wow. What a work ethic for all the wrong reasons. And so as I grew up and what was that drive,
1: the drive was I didn't want to continue doing that.
0: Let me out of here.
1: Right, right. But what I did learn that I was an entrepreneur before I knew what that word even meant.
0: (laughs) Raised, raised in an entrepreneurial way. (laughs) Right, right. And
1: you know, and then again at sixteen, again the woman I lived with, my grandmother, she about a year before I turned sixteen, like my fifteenth birthday, my gift was, you get to quit school when you're 16. So you can go work in the sewing factory and you could babysit more and you could clean more houses. And I remember sitting, and I was not a crier. By that point, my skin was so tough. I mean, I wasn't a crier, but I was determined that I would not be quitting school at 16.
0: Oh, good for you.
1: So I started doing my schoolwork, which wasn't encouraged. I I would be in my bed and I had to share my bed in the same room with her because she was sickly and I would be taking care of her at nighttime or taking her to the bathroom and she was well over three hundred pounds, or bathing her or whatever it is that I had to do. So I had no curfew or, so I started doing homework with a flashlight under the blanket in my bed because I wanted to be that a student and say I am not going to school. So then I started praying. Like, please, dear God, please, dear God, please, dear God. I don't want to quit school. I like, how many kids are crying, like, make me do homework,
0: right?
1: <laughs> And that was me. I want to do homework. <laughs> and she died oh. two, two weeks prior to my 16th birthday.
0: Oh, my. Well, Chinese. a blessing, really, in a way, was it?
1: I say, I say it is. Uh, to this day, I as as terrible as that could sound, I say that it was an answer to my prayers.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, maybe it was just an ending. It, it doesn't mm-hmm. have a value judgment at all. Maybe yeah. it was just, okay, this part of my life is over, and it goes on as she goes on, and I get to move forward. Right. I think sometimes, Connie, we, you know, we get things kind of black and white. And, you know, yeah. I just jumped in on that and said maybe it was a blessing. Um, but the thing is that life goes in stages often right. and, and cycles and some things die off and other things are born. So right. maybe it was just one of those timings for you. So what did you do to in, to really realize what was possible for you when she'd passed?
1: Uh, well, when initially, it, I mean, of course, confusion and where do I go now? Because and, and even people who are in very difficult situations, I mean, they have a hard time leaving and walking away because the question, where do I go now?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What do, what do I do? So I. I had that. I was going through that, and I was processing that. And it was, oh, well, you go home to mom and dad, who I knew was mom and dad. And I'm like, oh, that certainly is not going to (laughs) happen, especially the way he and I are. Oh, I don't know about that one. Um, So I did try it, and it only lasted a few weeks out of there. Um, And so for a couple of years, in my teen years, I was surfing. Uh, um, you know, I stayed with, you know, with relatives or friends, or I'd go back home to mom and dad. I was, that's where, you know, where they started calling me the rebel because I couldn't settle. Um, I, school became t- top priority and I was working a full-time job at Swift Furniture Company. <laughs>
0: <laughs> interesting name right swift your company when you're trying to swiftly get through school. <laughs> uh i joined the
1: pom-pom squad um i just became vor- voracious about getting involved and joining the business club and because i'm thinking okay i know how to run a business i've been making money for all these years how do i put a package around that, you know, and 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 make that work, so I went to school full-time, and went, worked full-time, and um, I still had my bike, either I was biking or walking, I was really fit, right? <laughs> And me um, tell I just did that for a couple of years, until again, I met my, my first husband, and then, you know, mom and dad were like, oh, why, why don't you come home, you know, and be with us until you get married, and I did. Um, I did. And so the minute I moved home, well, you know, that salary, that all that income you're making, that all comes to us and you get $5.
0: Right. I mean, you can almost see the writing on that wall as you're telling the story. You know, go back to grandmother. These, these uh, apples didn't fall far from that tree either. Yeah. So, you know, all of this to set you up. And, and serve you well to become yeah. the CEO you are today. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important for all of us listening, me too, to hear the stories about you make choices. And when you make choices because you know yourself, you listen to that fire within, Mm -hmm. you recognize that as an adult, you're capable of doing things differently than other people do, or that other people told you that shoulda, coulda, woulda thing, you know, that takes intestinal fortitude mm-hmm. to listen to your own voice. And mm-hmm. so, yay, you. And I want, I want to catch everybody up now on <laughs> what you're doing in the world now that they know what you've overcome and how mm-hmm. you've walked through that fire. So tell us about your new book. Well, my my
1: new book. Well, my um, I have a book that I'm working on right now, which is the the title we're playing with is the Unstoppable Life of Connie Fife. Um, and the purpose of the reason of it is so everything I've done is business. So, and if I could just share uh, really quickly, the one learning that I had to work on for myself because because of how my life was, even as a child, there was sexual abuse. Again, there was Mm -hmm. the emotional abuse. A lot of that happened. So I I, I built this wall and I would not let anyone near me. So the the biggest learning I had to do for myself was to let that wall down Mm -hmm. and embrace people and accept people where they are. The first time I cried, literally cried, well, I guess my children were. I don't even think I cried when my children were born, but the first time I really cried when my birth mother died three years oh. ago.
0: Oh wow!
1: I got to I got to know her. I actually got to stay and live with her for a few months um, before she before she passed away, and I might cry now. And I finally cried, and I think I cried for days. Mm. You know, just letting everything out there. So the new book. I'm finally, because I've drafted this book, this book has been drafted for six years, um, but I did not want to show my vulnerable side. I could never show my vulnerable side because I had always be a tough cookie. Mm-hmm. The book is going to, to do just that. I'm going to share my story. I'm going to share how I was, well, I had a lot of labels in my life, from rebel to later um, being called unstoppable. Uh, for years, uh, people would call me unstoppable, you know, from the divorce and, you know, just different things that have happened along the way. But the book I I didn't want to share a book where it's going to be a a sympathy book for me. That's Again, that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. And I do everything different. (laughs) But it's going to be a book where I share my story, and I want to help women. And there's men, too. And I want them to know that we all do have challenges, but don't allow it to hold you back. You need to push through that. And that's why I'm such a strong advocate for Beyond Me Too Mm -hmm. because you don't want to get stuck in that place like quicksand that's going to keep you there because you're never going to grow. You're never going to heal. You need to work through that. I worked through that place for me of being vulnerable. That was really hard for me to do. And so the book is going to take you from that place and it will walk you through my journey up until where today I, I became CEO of Girl Scouts. I was director of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Um, you know, a little, little girl who come from Coal Mountain, Appalachian Mountain country. And today, for 12 years now, I've been CEO of the Fife Group, and I actually own a couple other businesses as well.
0: Wow, that, that's great. So you have lots to share. So before we, our time is up, you just gave us one one kind of insight and t- thing that makes you unstoppable is not letting challenges and obstacles get in your way are there a couple of other things that you would say okay these are my top items um well not letting challenges get get
1: in our way um for for sure um Really, it's just when you get knocked down, just pick yourself right back up. And like I said, in my twenties, and I really, you know, like I said, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. um, I mean, I I honestly could say I, I, I hit I hit rock bottom, and I just said no more, no more, and I'm, you know able to pick myself up um you know from the hand of god to pick myself up and just keep moving forward and move through it and as painful as it is keep moving don't well,
0: stop yeah i i really agree with you i mean i had an interesting life too and mm-hmm. you know I, I really like that term interesting it's kind of what you say when you see mm-hmm. you know, an ugly. <laughs> what an interesting child yeah <laughs> um And here we are, you know, we've done all kinds of good things, we've had all kinds of experiences that could have absolutely destroyed us, but in fact, we turned them into stepping stones, and we kept going, and I I really appreciate your advice, and the story that you've told, and I know that with your work, you are now giving a hand up to people from the sense of helping them tell their stories and get their stories out to the world. How do you Mm -hmm. do that?
1: Well, we do that through our agency, uh, Talent Concierge, and we have individuals. What i like to say, I, I work with people who have found their success, and they want to keep that passion of life activated, because the one thing I've learned, we, we, we all have something. We, we, we all have a story. There's always that little something that holds us back. So I work with individuals through cal- Talent cons here because they, they want to speak, they want to write, they, they want to share their message and just not quite know how to do that or they need that little push. And so we work with them, so I, I mentor them. Um, all of our agency members are part of a roundtable with, with other uh, talent in our agency. And then we have a showcase each year to... I coach them and I work with them to find that courage and find that confidence to share their message and get it out. And then as I like to call the cherry on top, we have a publicist crew and we have a scheduling crew that gets them booked to speak, get some um, um, press releases, public appearances. So we work with people from former NFL players, executives, musicians, entertainers, um, actors. I mean, it's, it's really um, the gamut of who we, who we work with. But again, they found their success, but they didn't know where to go with that personal side, that story, and how to help other people lift them up. So that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm lifting other people up to achieve.
0: Yes, how lovely. And congratulations on doing that. If you want to know more about Connie, you can go to talentconcierge.co and you can learn more about her agency and how she lifts people up and how to work with her. But she's made a very, very lovely offer. If you would like to have her book, Marketing Masters, she will send you a copy of that book. Correct, Connie?
1: That's correct. Just let me know. And I'll get okay. It
0: out. And how you do that is you send her an email, Connie, C-O-N-N-I-E, at Fife Group. Okay. So that's fifegroup.com. And that's, by this now, P-H-I-E-F-F. <laughs>
1: p-h-e-i-f-f
0: oh there you go you see <laughs> i told you you had to get it all right so e before the i p-h-e-i-f-f group.com right. fifegroup.com and she will send you an autographed copy now that's a lovely offer thank you so much oh you're quite welcome because we all need to, uh, to be able to uh, master marketing. We all need mm-hmm. to be able to know how to get our word out. We all need to know what it entails and the pieces mm-hmm. of it. And to know that it's coming from you and that you've overcome and walked through and kept on walking and c- achieved success and are now lifting other people up, Connie, it's mm-hmm. a wonderful gift to the world. Thank you.
1: Oh, you're quite welcome. Thrilled to be here. And you're doing some fabulous work, too.
0: Well, thank you so much for being my guest here on Emotional Savvy, and I look forward to reading your new book. That will be really quite something for people to be able to read your story and be inspired by that as well. My guest today has been Connie Fife, that's P-H-E-I-F-F, and if you want to get her book, go to Connie at FifeGroup.com. And if you want to know all about her services, go to talentconcierge.co. And uh, lots for you there. I'm glad that you joined us today. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, the Relationship Help Doctor. You can find me at forrelationshiphelp.com, F-O-R, relationshiphelp.com, and my YouTube channel by the same name, for Relationship Help. If you've enjoyed today's show, I'm so glad. And if you would like to tell other folks so they can join in too, please do that. And be sure to subscribe so that we will be able to send you a reminder every time we have a new episode. Delighted to have you here today and look forward to talking with you soon. Take good care. Bye-bye. Thanks for being here for today's episode of Emotional Savvy. If you want to deepen your emotional savvy, make shifts in your relationships, and enjoy life and relationships more, work with me, Dr. Roberta Shaler. Get my books, enjoy my courses, or work with me directly. You can do that by visiting forrelationshiphelp.com, F-O-R, relationship, H-E-L-P.com, and subscribe to Tips for Relationships now. Don't miss a thing. Be empowered this week with more emotional savvy.